Now, one look at the fourth question to diagnose your health. Now, please pay attention to them. If I were you, I will put down these questions to diagnose your spiritual health and I'll paste it in my room. I've been saying this. If you have not done it, there is something wrong with you. Write it on a paper. Paste it in your, in your room. Every morning you see it, it, it has a way of influencing your life. I wish I could take somebody to my prayer room. I have a room only for prayer. Nobody sleeps there. If you see the things I've pasted in that room, if I fail as a pastor, then what is following me is great. And anytime I get there, I see the things there. They shake something in my heart. 14 things why, 14 reasons why the devil does not want me to pray. It is pasted there. Anytime I, I, I don't feel like praying and then I see it, I say, shaking I'll go back. I have a picture of a, of a macho man who is like this. Huge muscles. And I've written be, beside it how I look when I pray. <laughs> Maybe I'll take you guys to an excursion there. Everything is there. I have pictures of drunkards, pictures of drug addicts, pictures of prostitutes, pictures someone says, how would the picture look like? It's not your concern. <laughs> pictures of um, fetish priests and occults. All of them are pasted there. So anytime I'm praying intercessory prayer and I look at them, I pray. All these things are, my whole prayer room is full of pictures, quotes on prayer. And we have the 10 questions to diagnose. So these things are things, oh my goodness, they are things that have a way of influencing your heart, your soul. Why did God tell Israel to put the commandments on their hands? You, th you think handband came recently? Handband was there. God told them to write the commandments as handbands and headbands. So that any time they are around, they remember this thing. Because there is an influence that happens to you when you have things that you can look on to remind you of something you want to do in God's word. Because human beings are bound to forget. We are beings of forgetfulness. We easily forget. I've written down 14 things to thank God about. It is pasted there. So I don't forget to do that. Fourth question to diagnose your spiritual health. Are you more sensitive to God's presence? Are you more sensitive to God's presence? Are you more sensitive to God's presence? <laughs> this is a very interesting question to help diagnose now notice i did not say do you feel god's presence more because god's presence can be felt but that does not become a yardstick to prove that you are growing there are many christians who are growing who don't feel god's presence are you noticing are you getting what i'm saying good now we need to understand that god's presence is in every believer but some believers sense it more stronger than others. God's presence is in every believer, but some believers sense it more stronger than others. Number two, God's presence is in every believer, but some believers enjoy it more than others. <laughs> God's presence is in every believer, but some believers enjoy it more than others. Today's teaching is going to really bless you today. I, I can assure you of that. God's presence is in every believer, but, God, but some believers enjoy God's presence more than others. Are you following this thing? Now, the, the question that is helping to diagnose your spiritual health is... Speaking of sensitivity to God's presence, not feeling of God's presence. I'm speaking of what? Sensi sensitivity to God's presence. Are you more sensitive to God's presence? Meaning, if I want to know a man is spiritually healthy, I see it by the sensitivity he has increasingly to God's presence. And that's what I'm teaching on today. Now, I need, to, I need you to understand... Um, God's presence in four lights. You know, I love doing this thing a lot. Righteousness in three lights. 
holiness in three lights i love it because if christians don't get this thing for example when i when i say we have to see righteousness in three lights i said the gift of righteousness the fruits of righteousness and the crown of righteousness now if i don't teach it that way you may think just the fact that i said you are the you have the gift of righteousness that may make you feel that okay once i have the gift of righteousness and i'm righteous only by faith in christ jesus there's nothing left but you when you understand the other light which is the fruits of righteousness which becomes the effect the the, the outward experience of the gift of righteousness now you be, it gives you the the understanding oh, okay so it is not enough just to have the gift of righteousness then when you also come to understand the crown of righteousness you know there are rewards for bearing the fruits of righteousness are you getting this thing so we need to understand god's presence how many lights in four lights now pay attention pay attention you will be changed today this thing has changed me number one the first light of god's presence is the omnipresence of god the omnipresence of god hmm the omnipresence of god now the omnipresence of god is god's presence in existence in every place the omnipresence of god is god's presence in existence in every place <laughs> the omnipresence of god explains how god is everywhere all at once you can't have such notes and go home and close it. <laughs> it explains how God is everywhere, what? All at once. So God is in this building. He's in you. He's outside. He's in China. He's in Ukraine. He's in Russia. Where the war zone is, he's there. He's in Cape Coast. You see, when you know this thing, eh? It's not actually supposed to make you scared. Hey, God is everywhere. You know, the caution he must give to you is that you are not safe. You know, sometimes when you go to the banks or you go to certain places or maybe restaurants or something, you see a room they, they write out of bounds. I said, look at that. <laughs> God was looking at out of bounds. And before they were building the place, it was there. <laughs> out of bounds. <laughs> Not for God. So, we need to understand God's presence for light. The first light is God's omnipresence. Now, I'm going to specially be teaching you on the attributes of God. These are things people don't teach again, but actually they, be, they are blocks of the Christian faith. The reason why many people are in error today, teaching all kinds of things is because they've not understood God's attributes. Last time you heard someone says, God cannot kill. Another time we heard someone said, uh, God does not have wrath. He does not have wrath. God is only love. It's because we don't under, understand his attributes. Those people who are now coming with certain new age teachings are people who don't have the roots understanding the 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 roots of christian faith listen if you don't know the attributes of god it's going to affect your christian faith because the attributes of god gives us a full idea of the character of god i'm teaching good here now maybe let me just brush it but i'm going to teach it very well for you to understand okay because people don't know that god is just and because he's just he is holy and because he's holy anything that is sinful is against god so someone says so why will god punish these people you don't understand god's holiness if god loves adam why is it that when adam uh, committed high treason god did not still keep him in the garden and god had to drive him out if you don't understand god's attributes you say god if you say you are love why did you not keep adam still in the garden when he sinned if God kept Adam in the garden, he would have ceased to be God. 
God's word is true and the day God lies about his word he exists he, he seems to exist to be God he's just he must be true to his word he said to man the day you eat you shall surely die if God did not allow the death the spiritual death of Adam God's word would have been a lie so God is love but he's what just God is love but he's holy are you getting this thing so now maybe I don't know if it's going to confuse you more but you must understand the attributes of God are grouped into three okay maybe let me just add this so that it helps you now the first category of the attributes of God is what we call um, the attributes of ability the attributes of ability so the attributes of God in the light of God's ability proves what God can do for example God is omnipotent meaning God is all powerful that's an attribute of God the power even in the devil is sourced from, from God it is God that gave power to the devil and the devil corrupted his power so all power belongs to God he is all powerful that's an attribute of ability God is omniscient that means he knows all things he knows the number of hairs on your head he knows what you're about to think and what you're thinking he knows every knowledge you have ever acquired in this life he knows he knows what is going to happen tomorrow that's an attribute of God he is all-knowing that's an attribute of power he's omniscient that means uh, he's omnipresent that means God is everywhere that's what we're looking at nothing is hidden from his eyes now look at uh, Psalm um, 139 verse 7 God is everywhere look he says whither shall I go from thy spirit or whither shall I flee from thy presence look at the next verse if I ascend up to heaven thou art there if I make my bed in hell behold thou art there that means God is in hell not suffering in hell but because he feels all things and hell is inclusive please are you getting this thing don't go and tell someone says that pastor said God is in hell that's not what I said next verse if I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost part of the sea look next verse even there shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall what hold me so he's everywhere you can't hide from God so when you are bathing and you lock the door he's already in hey <laughs> hallelujah praise him Jeremiah 23 verse 24 Jeremiah 23 24 Jeremiah 23 24 he says can any hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him <laughs> Say the Lord, do I feel heaven? Do not I feel heaven and earth? Say the Lord, He feels heaven and earth everywhere. This block you are seeing, He has filled it. Your suit, He has filled it. Hey. The air, He has filled the air. So, which means whether you know it or not, God is everywhere whether you believe it or not god is everywhere whether you accept it or not god is everywhere please are you getting that so that's the attributes of what ability now we have what we call the attributes of integrity attributes of integrity now under the attributes of in integrity that means god is truth he does not lie for God is not the man that is you lie. Number two, God is just. Number three, God is holy. 
these are attributes of God's integrity and number three God is wrathful you know people get uncomfortable says, how can God have wrath how are you having wrath how can God be angry go and check the Bible listen it is not what you feel about God that God is it is not what you think God should be that God is. That's what is it. That's why many atheists are saying that how can a good God, if God exists, how can, no? Listen, we have to see who God is in Scripture and believe and accept it. We cannot create a new God. We cannot define who God should be. He tells us who He is, and we subject to it. And the Bible teaches that God is wrathful. That means God's anger. God can be angry. But you see, we need to understand that God's, hang, God's anger is holy. That's what the Bible says. Be ye angry, but do not sin. Meaning there is holy anger. Are you following this thing? Then we have the attributes of relationship. The attributes of what? Relationship. Is do you think this is what I'm teaching you now is necessary? Attributes of relationship. Now, what are attributes of relationship? His love. That means he's loving. Please put down some notes. His love is loving. That's an attribute of relationship. He, he's, he relates with you. He's faithful. He's kind. He's good. He's gracious. He's merciful. These are attributes he shows to others. Hallelujah. Are you getting this? So, it is in this that we need, to, we need to draw the line when it comes to the attributes of God. Because we've heard, I've heard someone say that we are, we are God. That's, you know, someone says, we are God. You are God. How come you fall sick? And how come you die? Now, when the Bible says we are gods, we need to understand. I'm going to explain that for you to, to get it. Because some have taken this thing to the extreme. Saying that we are God. How come you don't know everything? In fact, God is God. We worship him. We don't worship you. So, we need to put that phrase in the right balance because listen listen carefully there are communicable attributes and there are non-communicable attributes meaning there are attributes of god that god communicates to others and there are attributes he does not communicate to anybody he can't share it with anybody for example god is omnipotent you are not omnipotent he does not share that one with you he does not communicate it he does not give it to you He's sovereign. He does whatever pleases him. You are not sovereign. Or your sovereignty has limitations. He is omniscient. He knows all things. These are non-communicable attributes. Are you getting this thing? He's everywhere, omnipresent. You are not everywhere. Even Satan is not everywhere. And they are communicable attributes. These are attributes he shares with men. Love is one of them. That's why you can love graciousness is one of them that's why you can be gracious to people mercy is one of them that's how come you can show mercy to people please are you getting this these are these are attributes that god shares with men but anyway we are still on the um, sensitivity to god's presence that's a question so we need to first understand the presence of god in the first light which is god is what the omni omnipresent the omnipresence of god the presence of God in existence. Please, are you getting this thing? Now, so how, how does the reality of God's omnipresence affect our Christian life? Now, you can put this down. Number one, God is always with Christians. He's always with you. He's always with you. So, you said, man of God, you said God is omnipresent. How does he benefit me? That's what I'm teaching you. God is omnipresent. That's why he can be with you. Lo, I am with you always and it's something you must know 
Why? Because it comes to the second reason. Number two, Christians will not always feel it. You will not always feel God's presence. No, 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 no. You will not always feel it. You will not always feel God's presence. That means you must relate with God's presence by faith. Am I teaching good? Number three, God sees all Christians' needs and acts on their behalf. If God is everywhere, how does it benefit me? Number one, he's with me. Number two, I don't have to feel it. I must know it. Number three, if God is with me, that means that what? He can meet all my needs. And he can act on my behalf. Psalm 46, the verse 1. The Bible calls him the ever-present help in time of need. So the benefit of God's omnipresence is that he's, a, he's an ever-present help. Because he's everywhere, he can anticipate what is going to happen to me. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. I see God coming through for you in every trouble you are in. He didn't answer well. I said, I see God coming through for you for every trouble that you are in. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. So that's the first light of God's presence. God is everywhere. The, omnip- the, uh, the omnipotence of God's presence. Or the omnipotent presence. Now, the second light of God's presence. Number two is the manifest presence of God. The manifest presence of God. Please, when you understand this thing, eh, you will thank me. Hmm. The manifest presence of God. Now, you see, God's omnipotent presence is everywhere. But the fact that God's presence is everywhere does not mean something necessarily um, miraculous will happen. Are you getting this thing? God's presence everywhere. But that doesn't mean something will happen because his presence is there. God's presence is in a place yet people die. God's presence is is everywhere yet people have accidents. So the first is the omnipotent, omnipresence of God. Number two is the manifest presence of God. We need to understand these four things so the next time you are talking about God's presence, you have insight now the manifest presence of God is God's presence in action now follow that we said the omnipresence of God is God's presence in existence but the omni but the manifest presence of God is God's presence in action because God's omnipresence can exist and yet nothing will manifest God's manifest presence is God's presence in action. It is God's presence expressed through manifestations. I'll give you an example so you, 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 you will get it. It's God's presence expressed through what? Manifestations. For example, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When they refused to accept what the king wanted them to do, they had to be thrown into a burning furnace. Right? Now, before they were thrown into the burning furnace, God's omnipresence was in the furnace. Are you getting that? Now, when they entered, that there was a manifestation of a fourth man. In that manifestation, the fire did not have power over them. That was the manifest presence of God. Are you getting that? So, the manifest presence of God was the literal manifestation of the fourth man which gave them power over the fire. So, at that time, God's manifest presence came through to save them from the power of the fire. Is someone getting this thing? Second example is Moses. He went to the wilderness. Now, he was in a wilderness after he flee, uh, uh, he fled from uh, Egypt. He was in a wilderness for 40 years. For that 40 years, God's, pres- God's omnipresence was in the wilderness. That same wilderness, he was there for 40 years. But at one time, God's manifest presence appeared 
in the form of a burning bush that was the manifest presence of God God's presence came into action and God spoke to him are you getting this thing you getting it number three it's in the book of Acts the saints were in the upper room before they got to the upper room God's presence was there but when the day of Pentecost had fully come there was a manifest presence in Acts 2 1 you're going to see the Bible says the presence of God came as a rushing mighty wind that was the manifest presence of God now they could feel the wind blowing literally that was the manifestation of God's presence if you read the verse 3 the Bible tells us that clothing tongues like as of fire sat upon each one of their heads that was the manifest presence of God showing itself as clothing tongues of fire are you getting that it was the manifest presence of God is someone getting it but you know the good news the greatest demonstration of the manifest presence of God was the incarnation of Jesus when God became a man it was the highest demonstration of the manifest presence of God God became man so if you saw Jesus you saw the manifest presence of God Emmanuel God is with us how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him Jesus healing the sick it was the manifestation of the presence of God <laughs> God's omnipresence can exist without our awareness but God's manifest presence cannot exist without our awareness you will know when God manifests his presence you will know it now this is a beautiful thing look at the manifest presence of God now look it is when our awareness of him is awakened to reality as defined by him it is when our awareness of God is awakened to reality as defined by him it is when our awareness of God's presence is awakened to reality that's when God's presence manifests you can be aware of God's presence but God's presence may not be awakened to your reality God was with Israel when Israel was running away from Pharaoh in Egypt when Pharaoh's uh, troops were coming to attack them guess what Moses lifted up his hands and by the power of God's manifest presence the sea was divided you could literally see it so your awareness of God's presence was it became reality by the division of the Red Sea hope is clear now um, let me give you a practical example a mother a pregnant mother or an expectant mother woman who is pregnant is the baby there the mother knows the baby is there but you can't see the baby are you getting this the day she gives birth that was not the day she believed that the baby existed the day she gave birth is what confirmed that the baby existed and that's how your Christian life must be we must be aware of God's presence everywhere and we must trust him to have manifestations to prove that what you believed to be true was true I see God's manifest presence coming upon someone like never before you will literally see God manifesting your life in tremendous ways you can never explain in the name of Jesus hallelujah now let's look at the third light of god's presence number three the third light of god's presence now what's the first light the omnipresence of god which is what god's presence where everywhere what's 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 the second one the manifest presence what's the manifest god's presence in action ah you guys are good students what's the third one since you guys are omniscient tell me all right the third light is the indwelling presence of God the indwelling presence of God <laughs> this is good though 
this is good so now you know God's omnipresence he's everywhere now you know his manifest presence how his presence can be in action now the third light of God's presence is the what? indwelling presence of God now what's that indwelling presence it is the abiding presence of God in a believer because he's saved the indwelling presence of God is the abiding presence of God in a believer because he is saved I'm building on something so what I'm doing now is foundation the indwelling presence of God is the what? abiding presence of God note I said in a believer because he's saved Now, you need to understand that God's presence does not live in everyone. God's presence lives in the one that is born again. Now, having understood God's omnipresence, his presence everywhere, and God's manifest presence, you also need to understand his indwelling presence. Now remember in omnipresence he is everywhere. In indwelling presence he has to be somewhere in the life of the man that is located in Christ. If you are not in Christ, God's presence cannot, will not abide in you. I'm teaching what the scripture has said about God's presence. Please are you getting this thing? Now this is an experience one only has in salvation. The indwelling presence of God is an experience one only has in salvation. Romans chapter 8, the verse 9. Romans 8, 9. Look, he says, But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God does what? Dwell in you. Now, if any man does not have the spirit of Christ, he is none on, of his meaning when one is in Christ he is one of his if one is not in Christ he is none of his so the reason why God lives in you or God's presence lives in you is because you are one of his and the Bible says by that reality you are in the spirit I'm teaching good here that's the indwelling presence of God it's the abiding presence of God that lives in the believer because he's saved Next, 1 Corinthians 3.16. 1 Corinthians 3.16. Look, he says, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God, what? Dwelleth in you. That's the question. He was rebuking the Corinthian church. He was not confirming answers from them. He was actually telling them something in a question form. Do you not know that the Holy Ghost dwells in you? So God's presence to us in the believer. Are, are you getting this thing? Where's God's presence? Why? Why? Because of what? Because you're a good boy? Galatians chapter 3. The verse 1. Watch. He says, and this I say. No, the verse 1. The verse 1. He says, oh foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? That ye should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ has evidently been set forth, crucified amongst you. Uh-huh. Next verse he says this only will I learn of you receive ye the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith what's the answer but what's the answer by the hearing of faith that's how you receive the Holy Ghost because you believe the gospel and in faith you receive the Holy Ghost next verse he says are you so foolish having begun in the spirit you are not made perfect in the flesh the verse 4 okay so you get that now come to John chapter 14 the verse 16 to 18 John 14 16 to 18 John 14, 16 to 18. Now watch. He says, and these things, no, John 14, the verse 16 to 18. He says, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you what? Another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. That's God's abiding presence. Next verse. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, the world cannot receive the spirit of God. He says, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him for what he 
dwelleth with you and shall be in you. God's abiding presence. God's indwelling presence. Listen to me. I don't care how you feel. I don't care how you feel. But I want you to know that God's presence lives in you. This is good. Lift your hands. Say God's presence lives in me. God's presence lives in me. Now. God's presence lives in me. Now. Say to someone. Hallelujah. I love this thing. His presence lives in me now. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, the verse 16. You guys should go home and do chew and pour. You, got, you can memorize these verses you are seeing. Memorize it. He says, and what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of God. You are God's temple. The living God. As God has said, I will what? Dwell in them and walk in them. So God dwells in you. But can I ask you a question? Is God walking in you? Is God walking in you? Dwelling in you, we understand that. Walking in you. Ask someone, is God walking in you? Hallelujah. Now, hmm, here comes a big bump. Are you ready for it? Now, now, get this thing. So, people get this knowledge and then they're like, hey, God lives in me. That's all. God lives in me. But you are so defeated as a Christian. Because we have not understood something. Listen, God's presence in you positionally is not automatic guarantee of safety, divine health, wisdom, holiness, long life, and etc. God's presence in you positionally is not automatic guarantee of safety, divine health, wisdom, holiness, long life, and etc. <laughs> many people think that knowing that God's presence is in you is enough no that's actually the beginning okay maybe you may doubt me haven't you seen God's presence abiding in a believer yet the believer is bonbon seen God's presence abiding a believer yet the believer can really steal so man of God why are you emphasizing on stealing because they stole your phone <laughs> well anyway I have a new one now praise God so so listen God's presence can be in you and you can be terri- terribly sick terribly God, haven't you heard of a man who cheated on his wife before? Who is a Christian? God's presence in him. (laughs) So, God's presence in you is not automatic guarantee for a successful Christian life. Have you forgotten that Jesus Christ was in the same boat with the disciples yet they were sinking? Ah, I didn't get this thing. Christ can be in your spiritual boat or your heart and yet you realize your Christian life is sinking. He, may, he can be in you, yet he's asleep in you. And there are many of you, you have put Jesus to sleep. His presence is asleep. Are you getting this thing? <laughs> so, the solution to what I've just said is in the last thing we are going to discuss before we close. Then I'm God's presence in the fourth light. That's what is the problem of many Christians today. And that's what the teaching is all about. This is, this is where my teaching begins. The fourth light of God's presence is what we call the practiced presence of God. <sighs> I've arrived now. The practiced presence of God. Now, now, now. What was the first light of God's presence? The omnipresence of God. He's everywhere, right? What's the second light of God's presence? The manifest presence, God's presence in action. What's the third light of God's presence? The indwelling presence. Now, you can be aware or know all these three things I've just mentioned and still be a a failure as a believer. 
the solution to having a real experience to all these three things I've mentioned is number four, which is what? The practiced presence of God. Now, what is the practiced presence of God? Now, it is God's presence growing increasingly stronger in the life of a believer. And you see, and that's where people get confused. People say, hey, never say somebody should ask for more of God's presence. God's presence can be quantified. Why is it that you are in a beer bar? You don't sense God's presence. In fact, you don't have an experience of God's presence in the beer bar, but God is in the beer bar. But there's a certain smooth, sweet atmosphere that you, you experience when you are in church. God's presence can be quantified. Please, are you getting this? So, this is God's presence growing increasingly stronger. In a believer's life now there is there, there is no language i can use to express this than to use the word grow because god's presence can grow but the best way we can be able to explain for you to understand how god's presence can increase in a man's life you see benny in will look at you take it everybody's falling down he never touched anybody they move like a wind what is happening to him it is not a gift the man stayed in the presence of God for a long time that that presence came and appeared outwardly if you stay in the kitchen for a long time and you come out we smell the food on your body if you go to the washroom also and what came out of thee it's not pleasant it will come out with you am I lying okay that's the same with God's presence now what I'm teaching is so real God's Lord give me enough words to use for these people it is the presence of God growing increasingly stronger in a believer's life now it is God's presence next one it is God's presence manifestly increasing in the life of a believer this one is long it is God's presence manifestly increasing in the life of a believer who by practice has learned to engage and actively participate in the knowledge and awareness of God's presence. I'll read that again. It is God's presence manifestly increasing in the life of a believer who by practice has learned to engage and actively participate in the knowledge and awareness of God's presence. You can put it in your own words. So, it is when the presence of God manifestly begins to increase in the life of a believer who by practice has learned to engage God's presence who by practice has learned to actively participate in the awareness and recognition of God's presence. Hmm. So it comes by growing spiritually. It comes by growth. It, it comes by growth as a believer. It comes by active participation. It counts engagement. So you must first know it, you must perceive it, you must discern it, and so you begin to sense it. You must know it, you must perceive it, you must discern it, and so you begin to sense it. Now, we need to understand that God's presence can become stronger upon a man. As I'm teaching now, God's presence is so strong on me. I sense it. And to a certain extent, I feel it. Praise God. It was not like that before. There are things I did that made it that way. That's why I said, being a believer having the indwelling presence of God in you is not automatic that your life will be victorious. You 
must learn to practice God's presence. Listen, the more you practice God's presence, the more stronger his presence becomes in your life. You can write that down. The more you practice God's presence, the more stronger God's presence becomes in your life. The more you practice God's presence, the more stronger God's presence becomes in your life. Are you getting this thing? Let me use five minutes to finish this. Now, look at someone like Catherine Coleman. This was somebody who learned to actively participate in the presence of God. Now, what I'm saying is not a difficult, it's not a very difficult thing. That's what, no one, but you need to understand it comes with a price. It's not a very difficult, mysterious thing. But you need to understand it comes with a price. Look at Catherine Coleman. One time she was going for a meeting and the whole place was crowded. Even the main door they are going to use to enter was crowded. So they had to use a kitchen of a restaurant to pass through to the place. When she got to that kitchen, all the chefs that were cooking fell under the power of God. One time she was teaching, she forgot herself. Apparently, if this was the edge of the stage, she was moving this way and she came out of the edge of the stage and she was still working on it. She didn't know she was walking in the air. <laughs> and later came back. Try it. <laughs> try it. After finding some wonderful watches, you finish eating. Then try walking like that. You break your leg. <laughs> Amen. Pastor Benin learned that from Catherine Coleman. He, I'm not saying you should do all this. I'm just giving you examples. He can spend 14 days, two weeks with the Holy Ghost. He doesn't go anywhere. He's just there. I'm not saying spend two weeks with the Holy Ghost and not go for lectures. Or don't go to work. That's not what I mean. But I'm just tell, telling you how, how some people have learned to practice God's presence. Sometimes you, you, you see a man of God praying or something, then he starts weeping. Do you find what is going on with him? There's an experience he's having that you have not experienced because you sit there and say, ah, he's not a man at all. You don't understand this thing. Uh, you, maybe if you experience that, you'll not cry. See, <laughs> You can grow, you can grow in your sensation and your sensitivity to the Holy Ghost. You can. There was one time a man called Praying Hyde. This is a man who learned to practice God's presence by prayer and meditation on the Word of God. There was a man who organized a, 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 a program. All the days, the number was down. The number was down. One time he heard that praying Hyde had left India and had come to the U.S. So he invited him to the meeting. The presence of praying Hyde in that meeting alone filled the whole auditorium without invitation. <laughs> Why? Because now his presence was the very aroma of the presence of God. It, that one is not in the life of every believer. It is for those who have engaged in that presence. Charles Finney will enter into a place. 20 miles before he gets to the place, people are already weeping that they want to know Jesus. When he has not asked them for anything. He appears in a place and beer bars close down forever. Beer bars close down. It got to a time when people go to places and they realize they're not beer bars. They say, ah, Charles Finney has been here. Hey. When he sits down in a place and gets up, you can't sit inside. When you sit inside, you speak in tongues. Ah. you never be the same again. The fourth question to diagnose your spiritual health is are you more sensitive to God's presence? That's it. Now, what does it mean to be sensitive to God's presence? Let's write this down. You can listen or write. Any of them is fine. It is an awareness and a recognition of God's presence so much that it begins to affect everything you do. 
it is the awareness and recognition of God's presence so much that it begins to affect everything you do it is an awareness and recognition of God's presence so much that it begins to affect everything that you do let's go to the next point now it is also when one is quick to detect appreciate and respond to the delicate person being and feelings of God it is when one is quick to detect appreciate and respond to the delicate person being and feelings of God Mm. (laughs) so a man or a woman that is sensitive to God's presence is a man who is aware that number one God is everywhere his presence has manifested as salvation in my life his presence now abides in me but now it's beyond knowledge now now that awareness and recognition soon now begins to affect the way the person thinks i can't think this thought god is around i can't engage in this thing because god is living in me now you see it's no longer knowledge you're not saying that god lives in me yeah he lives in me no now the knowledge and awareness of god's presence in you has now become a divine recognition it has now become a full discernment you are not discerning god's presence around i can't you you can't lie and be comfortable let me tell you one honorable honorable thing that one of our pastors did last week I called him and I asked him that uh, where are you? I needed him to do something for me. And he says he was not around. And that he is somewhere in Accra. Then I said, okay. I'm going to send someone else. Five minutes later, this person calls me again. He says, Papa, I'm sorry. I lied to you. I was not in Accra. I was outside Accra. Now, what that person did to you it may seem embarrassing to God that's victorious to God that's a man who is sensitive to God's presence he knew God's presence was around he can't say that and he called back how many of you can do that now that's a man that is proving his spiritual health you see stepped to my something happens to you now when you are more sensitive to God's presence you are sensitive to his presence there are some things you can't say again there was nobody in the room I always use that as an example with Joseph and Potiphar's wife he said how can I do such great wickedness to God where was God Joseph was conscious only of the omnipresence of God because God did not live in him the consciousness influenced his speech and his behavior listen a growing christian is a christian who has recognized and discerned god's presence in him and everywhere that influences his lifestyle it influences how he relates with other people when someone offends you and you are tempted to get angry and you just remember that you can grieve now remember i said that sensitivity is detecting it is detecting the feelings of god listen if you're a man who is sensitive to god's presence now do you know that we we say some men are insensitive right have you heard that before when we say a man is insensitive that means that he's not sensitive to the feelings of his wife it's the same you can be insensitive the feelings of God. Hey. Hey. Are you sensitive to God? I'm not saying when you are sensitive to God, you never make a mistake. But what happens when you make that mistake? 
or what happens when you are about to make that mistake that awareness oh holy spirit i'm sorry now remember i said it is detecting what detecting appreciating responding to the delicate person the person the being and the feelings of god so that quickly tells you that god is a person we are relating with him his abiding presence in you is his person with you and if he's a person he has feelings you can hurt him a man that is sensitive to god's presence is the one who is sensitive to the feelings of god and in, if you look into the bible you, you get to understand how god feels listen relating with god is a walk God is here. God is with me. I care about his feelings. I care about how he feels. I care about how God feels about something that I'm doing or that I'm seeing. Now quickly as we close, how to increase sensitivity to God's presence. Let's do it very quickly. Number one is to go off into God's word. You have to go off into God's word the more you study the word of god the more you see the revelation of god to you you get to know who god is so god's word shows you god's will god's word shows you how god feels about something so when you get to know god's will and how god feels about something it makes you more sensitive to, to god ephesians chapter 4 the verse 30 now watch this Ephesians 4 30, 3 0. Ephesians 4 30. Now look, he says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Now, meaning we can grieve God's feelings. Now, look at the next verse. When you go into God's word, you're going to see the next verse. The things that we do that grieves God. Now, he says, Let all bitterness. So, bitterness grieves God. So, a man that is sensitive to God's presence is a man that will be able to detect that. God is grieved. Why? Because I just got bitter. Wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. So it is when you go into God's word that your awareness, your sensitivity to God's presence begins to abound. Now, give that to me in NLT to break it down for us. Quickly, NLT get rid of all bitterness rage anger harsh words and slander as well as all types of evil behavior <laughs> this thing eh, if you allow it to govern your life it will change something about you i remember last week we were sleeping around 12 a.m my son was worrying everybody in the house. Ah. 12 getting to one that everybody's resting that's the time we wanted to watch cartoons and crying crying mommy tattoos 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 we said go and sleep we are tired go and sleep he said no he won't sleep he will tell us what to do i said hey get up wait ah! you can imagine ilp behaving that way Because it was so annoying. <laughs> ah! And the, the 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 shouting increased, and I gave to the boy, bow, 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 slip, slip. <laughs> now I was not acting by revelation again; I was acting by anger. No, that doesn't mean you shouldn't beat your child when he messes up. But check the balance. And the boy slept successfully in tears. <laughs> I won that game. But whilst I was lying down, the Lord said, You were too harsh. You could have done it in, a, in another way. He didn't say, God didn't say in a soft way because children, they have to beat them. <laughs> but I was acting out of extreme anger because the boy was, he was, 
He was worrying my sleep. So it was about me. It was being selfish. I was being selfish. And God said, could have done that in no way. Now I was sleeping. I said, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Now, you may not care. But you see, you see, I, you see, I'm not just a pastor. I'm a Christian. That's how I think. I'm not a pastor. I'm a Christian who is acting the office of a pastor. So myself as a Christian must be growing. So listen, most of you will see me more as a Christian than as a pastor. Because I, I relate to everyone as a Christian, not just as a pastor. slept amen <laughs> now look at Proverbs 16 Proverbs 6 16 now there's something I saw there I was like now every believer needs to know what God loves and what God hates God's word reveals it to you what God loves and what God hates I'm sure someone says oh we are in the New Testament so this is, see the Old Testament is not abolished though the Old Testament book, Genesis to Malachi, it's not abolished. It's the covenant that was abolished. So there are things in scripture, Genesis to Revelation, that are still Revelation, insight for us as Christians. He's saying there's these six things do what the Lord hates. God has not stopped hating it because he loves you. Look, he says, yeah, seven are an abomination to him. Look at the next verse. Number one is what? A proud look. One who is proud, he hates it. Hey, proud look. Look at the next verse. A uh, uh, what? A lying tongue, a tongue that loves lying. He said, "God, God hates it." Now look, what's the next one? Hands that shed innocent blood. That is murder. He hates it next verse he says a heart that devised wicked imaginations you imagine wicked things about people who offend you you wish something bad terrible happens to them there are footballers who wish that the people who are playing on the pitch who are in their position they will break their legs so that they will play that's a wicked imagination there are pastors who imagine that some people who are competing with them who are in their class should fall or they hear bad news so that yeah they'll be the one who are assisting or surviving you're a wicked man he said god hates it look he says feet that are swift in running into mischief hey next one a false witness that speaketh lies something you did not see you said you saw it there was one man who came to lie on another man of God from Nigeria and said he was a witness. He saw it and they believed him. They castigated the man of God. Six months later, he came out to apologize that he was paid to do it. I said, hey, so people are okay doing this thing. He's a Christian. He was one of the pastors of his church and left. I said, hey, you can do this and sleep. Look, and he does what? So what? What? discord among brethren you cause division amongst brethren you go and say this evil thing about this one you go and say this about this one you go and say that to this one you go and say this about this one and you are splitting the brethren God is putting together there are people who never invite anybody to church when people invite them they scatter them bread you see, you see he does with discord among the brethren have you heard <clears throat> me? We are just watching them. <clears throat> hey, <clears throat> hey, this thing we have seen it before. <clears throat> hey, hey, you are wicked man. Next verse. That's it. So, the more you read God's word, you become sensitive to what God loves and what God does not love. Am I teaching good at all? Number two. Acknowledge his presence with you by talking with him. Acknowledge his presence with you by what? Talking with him. I'm supposed to close by now. I don't know what I'm still doing. 
acknowledge his presence with you by talking with him now you can sit beside someone you love and still not acknowledge the person i've seen people sit with people and they're still on their phones so they are with the people physically literally but they are not connected we can do the same to god if you want to increase in god's in the sensitivity to god's presence you must continuously what acknowledge god's presence father thank you it may seem like it's nothing keep doing it father thank you for your presence with me father thank you that you are with me what is going to happen is gradually gradually it's going to affect your mindset it's going to affect your heart gradually father thank you lord i thank you you're in the car driving father thank you you're in the throttle god i thank you thank you father you're talking to your friends father thank you thank you what is going to happen is that your sensitivity to god's presence is going to start increasing and that's prayer hmm? let's finish last but not least often be be in congregational worship often be in congregational worship anytime there's service prayer meeting whatever it is anytime believers are gathering be around don't be a believer who often loves to miss church services it's not healthy for you i'm telling you it's not healthy it has a way of increasing your sensitivity to god's presence let's do the final one continually reaffirm the truth that he is omnipresent continually reaffirm the truth that he is omnipresent you have to do it continuously reaffirm it if something is true and you don't often reaffirm it in your life the reality about it begins to fade away if something is true and you don't continuously reaffirm it in your life very soon nothing will fade you may not even believe it's true again likewise if you know God is omnipresent he's with you he's in you what you must do is that keep reaffirming it God has said that he's with you say it to yourself the Bible says he has said that we may boldly say are you getting this thing look at Hebrews chapter 12 13 verse 5 Hebrews 13 5 finally Hebrews 13 5 let's let's have that quickly look he says let your conversation that means your behavior be without covetousness and be content with such things as he have for he has said I will what never leave thee nor forsake thee next verse he says so that we boldly say so what God has said you must boldly say it that's reaffirming what God's word has said so God says I'm with you you are my temple affirm it father thank you that you're my temple holy spirit thank you for living in me i affirm that your word is true you are with me you are here you are in my life thank you jesus keep reaffirming it soon god's presence will be the sensitivity to god's presence is going to increase hallelujah we are done You got to start practicing these things. You got to start practicing them. In the next two minutes, just lift up before speaking the Holy Ghost and ask God to help you to be sensitive to His presence. Ask God to help you to be sensitive to His presence.